now recording. Now recording. All right, are you ready? You ready for this? No. <laughs> ah, all right. Hello, podcast people. Hello, Mr. Bush. <laughs> Welcome to episode nine of Untwisted. You're here with your pal Jeremy. I got my fellow Australian girl in an Australian world, Maz. Sup? And the American boys playing with American toys, Jeff. Trump. What? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and Josh. I, uh, hi. I don't know him. You ruined it, Jeff. If you ruin the intro, I'm going to walk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm an American. I'm dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a podcast where me and Maz rewatch Around the Twist and Jeff and Josh watch Around the Twist for the first time. And then we argue about the accuracy of the Amazon Prime subtitles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Accurate description. Any fan mail stuff? Uh, we did get a guy who directed a little short with uh, Matthew Waters, who played Bronson in season three and four. Third Bronson. Yeah, that was quite funny. And I shared that on Facebook. You sure did. Yeah, yeah. But if you are not following us on social media, you should definitely check out his short film. It is quite good. And the title of that film is, Maz, help me out. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> the Maroon Jumper. But, you know, it really was well done, though I have no connection with this Bronson yet. Same. It's cool to know that people from the show still are uh, getting work. They are doing things in the acting world. Yeah. Very awesome. All right. We should do the synopsis, if Maz has that, for this episode. Lucky Lips. I do. I've also got that it aired on the 21st of October 1990 in Australia. Uh, yeah, I think in the UK it was the 8th of June 1990 also. So take that. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Lips is based on the short story from Unreal, which I still haven't gotten that book yet. <gasps> I need to get on that. I have it. Oh, what a brick. Did you read the story, Jeff? I read the story. I did. I'd read it before and remembered most of it, but I did reread it specifically for this podcast. Wow. Nice. I do it for you, the fans. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the synopsis off of IMDb. Pete's having no luck at all in getting a kiss from Fiona. In desperation, he turns to a mysterious fortune teller who gives him a lipstick that will make any female unable to resist kissing him. I have to say, he doesn't really turn to this mysterious fortune teller. Oh, that seems inaccurate. He just stumbles upon her. He gets tricked into turning to her. <laughs> yeah. But aside from that, that's pretty accurate. That might be the most accurate synopsis so far. Nice and brief too. Short and to the point. Nice. Nice. I think when you adapt something from a short story, there's all these choices that you have to make where you diverge from the short story to make it work as a movie or a TV show episode. I think the same applies to a synopsis. <laughs> you know, they have to think, well, this really changes the story, having Pete turn the fortune teller out of desperation but it works for the synopsis we have to make this change <laughs> yeah you know what you're probably right jeff let's give some credit to the artistry behind synopsis writing, behind synopsis writing. <laughs> a really precise art it sure is <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did everyone notice that the first bit of the opening credits is actually a scene from this episode? Yes. Oh. There's actually a lot of opening credits shots in this episode. Heaps of them. The whole episode is the opening credits. Yeah, I haven't noticed any of the previous ones in the recent episodes that you guys have pointed out, but I definitely noticed a couple in this episode, and especially that one, because as soon as we saw Pete looking into that wacky mirror in the episode, like, oh yeah, that's the first 
first shot of the credits. Yeah, that was definitely the most recognizable one. Defo. Deaths. But anyway, moving on to <laughs> the title card, <laughs> we've got Pete. It appears to be a mirror. Everything's black behind him. He's wearing a black jumper. And he's frowning at this tuba lipstick, which I think appears to be different to the one that he uses in the episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. But it's a clear one, which is the same. You get some little sparkles as he's putting them on his lips. Got his sparkly lips. Yeah, it's magic lipstick. That's how you know, because of the sparkles. (laughs) This intro reminded me of Billy Madison, the creepy serial killer. (laughs) More Adam Sandler connections. Adam. Yeah, this is kind of a creepy opening. Yeah, this opening actually reminded me when I saw it, I remembered that it actually like really scared me as a kid. Just the part where he screams, but it's like that weird like mini guitar <laughs> sound. For some reason, that seemed really terrifying as a child. <laughs> Why do these title cards lean so much on the horror elements when the show itself is so comedic? <laughs> that is true. I feel like all of them so far have been pretty scary, oh, except for Gumley 4. Yeah. Yeah, true. Like, this one doesn't really stick out in my mind. Yeah, I hadn't remembered this one, and then I saw it and I was like, oh, memories. The trauma. I blocked it out. You'd repressed it. <laughs> I feel like a similar thing would have happened for me. Aww. Aww. So then he does Jeff's favorite spinny effect. Pete spins off as he screams. Yeah, he puts the lipstick on. His eyes widen suddenly and he screams. Yeah, yeah he's like, oh, no. It's creepy. And then the writing of the title in lipstick, but it's like this. Red lipstick. Yeah, it's like this crimson red. It's creepy, even though it's lipstick. <laughs> Uh, scares me. Scares me. Yeah, it seems like it could have been the title for a horror movie, or it could have been, you know, a made-for-TV, <laughs> steamy, silk stockings kind of uh, USA TV show. Right. <laughs> yeah. you got to have some mystery about what the episode's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to Pete lying on his bed. Got his hands behind his head. Looking at a Zan poster. Zan. Riding that Zan train hard this season. <laughs> yeah. If we didn't know who Zan was when it first happened, we know now. <laughs> yeah, do you think like Paul Jennings or Esben Storm or someone was like a big Zan fan. Maybe. I think Zan's agent was involved and this is how they funded the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Zan was like executive producer. Maybe Zan was a big Paul Jennings fan. Oh. So we cut to this little fantasy sequence that Pete has and he imagines Fiona on a motorcycle revving it up <laughs> and then we see him wearing a cowboy hat and a vest. Yeah. They're basically like all the same from the poster of Zan. Yeah. It's like he's in the poster, but instead of Zan, it's Fiona. Right. And immediately my thought is not another dream sequence episode. And then I yell just like Linda at the end of her dream. (laughs) (laughs) He is dressed like a cowboy, just like the poster. So I have to wonder, is that a real poster? I hope so. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't think of that. It seems like such a bizarre scenario. A cowboy (laughs) and a motorcycle girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird mismatch of elements. (laughs) And it gets even funnier because Fiona motion for Pete to come over to her to the motorcycle and the camera pans out and we see that Pete is wearing these hilarious 
cow print pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this what non-Americans think cowboys look like? I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Well, because you're right. <laughs> this is the history cowboys don't want you to know. <laughs> On the wall, someone has spray painted kill for peace. Whoa. All I see is the L's. I see I-L-L, so I'm just assuming it's kill. Wow, I thought it was all for peace. Well, maybe it is. But now that I look at it, I think that is an I. I thought it was all for peace as well, but I literally only see the end of the first L and the second L. It could be an A and it's just cutting off like half the A, but it looks like an I-L-L. Kill for peace would be pretty crazy. Maybe it's ill for peace. Yeah, I was just going to say it could be ill for peace. Shill for peace. Spill for peace. <laughs> Drill for peace. Grill for peace. Grill for peace. <laughs> All I want to do is grill for peace, guys. Why can't we just grill? And so there's also um, a graffiti anarchist A. Oh. oh, yeah, on a barrel. And possibly a scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Oh, yeah, it does look like a scrotum. Kyle's scrotum? It looks like it says Kyle and then or there's... Or a W. Could be just a W. <laughs> Kyle W. Oh, yeah, wow. That makes a lot more sense. Jeff. <laughs> I don't know, though. It could easily be balls. Maybe it doubles. Well, this is a pretty raunchy episode, so... Probably is balls. This episode is balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so Fiona's looking all sexy. She's like, kiss me. Pete, kiss me. And then suddenly we get Pete. And they both look at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're back in real life. And Linda bursts into his room and she's got a dolly magazine. And she's like, did you buy this? And he's like, yeah, I'll just check it out. The latest shades of lipstick and eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty, pretty clever move. He tries to pull the sarcastic affirmation to her question to make it seem like there's no way it could possibly be his. Yeah. He had that answer locked and loaded. But of course, Linda sees through it. It's like, who else would have bought it, Bronson? <laughs> it's a real mistake for him to put a pencil mark on the letter. He could have not done that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he handles this interaction so well, but he could have just avoided it altogether so easily. So I will say it seems that this is the first issue of the magazine that he's been caught buying. So how did he know to send the letter to the magazine? Mm. Is he secretly a regular subscriber? Why would he slip up during... He must have had one previous magazine. Maybe he, like, found one. They could have been at school or something, like, in the library. Yeah. Okay, fair point. Or he saw it where anyone sees a random magazine in just someone's bathroom. Yeah. Like, in their magazine bin, where you just pick up something while you're taking a poo, and you're like, oh, I guess all they have is girly magazines. It's better than nothing. And then he's like, oh, this could be me. Alright, you win this round, but I've got another <laughs> continuity error later on that's oh. gonna blow your mind. Whoa. Crazy. Can't wait for this. I can't remember if it was Dolly or girlfriend one of them had a section called how embarrassment and that was like the section that i like to read i don't think i ever bought them myself but like friends had them and that was always funny so dolly is a real magazine yeah yeah dolly is a real magazine i'm learning so much about australia american girly magazines were extremely upsetting my sister had many of them and i definitely looked through them at certain points and what was there there was one called 17 that's just aimed at like teenage girls Girls, and it's just all about telling them how to dress sexy <laughs> and how to, like, please men. Pretty <laughs> sketchy stuff. Even as a teenager, I was like, wow, this is fucked up. Good grief. Yeah, I felt the same way. There was also the magazine Tiger Beat, 
which unfortunately does not have Tiger Gleason on the cover of each issue. Aww. Well, I don't even want to hear anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, Linda has noticed that... Linda's being really bitchy. She has got Pete in a corner and yeah. she really goes for it. Yeah. Uh, she finds out that Pete has written a letter to this magazine and we don't actually get to hear what his letter was but she reads the response to it which is he wrote into an advice column uh presumably about how to go about getting a girl to kiss him <laughs> and the advice that the magazine gives is one ask her to a disco two is dance wildly for the first hour <laughs> three then slow and close for the next hour and then four is walker home five is to look into her eyes and if they say yes <laughs> very important and go for it yeah i don't know if dolly in 1989 would have added if they say yes yeah it was a different time what's sugar reef what her shirt oh yeah her shirt <laughs> yeah what is that hang on i'm looking this up got some crazy colorful pictures on it it's a very very 80s looking jumper there was a new South Wales clothing shop that came up. I looked up Sugar Reef and it was an adults only resort. Oh, Linda. Linda, come on. Come on, mate. But I don't think that's the Sugar Reef she was advertising there. But, maybe, you know, it makes sense because she is trying to shack up with a 35-year-old man, Hugh Townsend. Well, true. <laughs> so Pete reveals to Linda that he actually is taking Fiona on a date to the disco. Yeah, because she says that he'll never be able to kiss Fiona. Not in a million years. Which is kind of silly because at this point it seems like she, you know, she likes him. She likes him enough. Yeah. Linda's in denial here. Yeah, why is Linda so grumpy at him? Yeah, I mean, Linda is absolutely savage in this scene. It really took me back how many she was. Yes, yeah, she, she's really given it to him. But after thinking about it, I think she sees the writing on the wall between Pete and Fiona, and I think she doesn't want to lose Fiona as a friend as they start getting more serious. And maybe she's lashing out at Pete. Oh, that's a good interpretation, Jeffrey. Also, she's on her period. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Good grief. Now let's get to the main event. The disco. Disco ball. This is my favorite scene. Oh, this is a good scene, actually. It really is great. It looks really exciting. There's so much good stuff here. Tiger's the DJ, of course. Yeah, of course he is. But I feel like Mr. Snapper steals this. Yeah, this is Mr. <laughs> Snapper's moment. I mean, the first thing we get is Tiger's awesome dancing behind, like, the DJ table. Yeah. <laughs> but then Mr. Snapper one-ups him with his amazing dancing yeah mr snapper although pete's got some pretty good dancing going on too oh yeah pete's great yeah pete's really getting into it flopping his hair back and forth and the song is good (laughs) (laughs) i love tiger's shirt yeah it's pretty great everything about tiger in this scene is pretty great i love gribbles and the tuxedo shirt very classy absolutely in his wonderful opening line to linda he, he goes over to linda asks her to dance and he says good day desperate <laughs> <laughs> what a freak want to dance i'd have to be desperate to dance with you i love his rejection smile yeah <laughs> the look he gives as he's turning around and walking away <laughs> yeah. it's very cool it's just like all right well that didn't go well he does a little like eyebrow raise yeah he's chewing some gum he's like well my desperate line didn't work yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know what he was trying to accomplish by calling her desperate but it really was funny it kind of reminds me of reddit nerds when they interact with girls on 10 
Tinder mm-hmm. and they just say something completely ridiculous just so they can post a screenshot and get people to laugh at it. And I always see those and I'm like, you know, you could have actually gone out with this girl. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, it turns out that Gribbs is actually the person who invented negging. <laughs> this is a, a real sad day for the Gribble Linda shippers out there. <laughs> Anyone that was a fan of uh, Grinda. 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 <laughs> the Grinda shippers. Yeah, ever since the Gum Leaf War where they were cuddling. Yeah, Gum Leaf War gave him a little bone, but yeah. it was not to be. There's a great tiger bit where he says, here's one with a bit more pace for all you rockers, and then plays a slow song. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, oh. <laughs> the way he dances. <laughs> the subtitle here on Amazon is completely wrong, and I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know what he was actually saying. But the subtitle is, here's something with a bit more pipes for all you rockets. <laughs> <laughs> rockets. Get a bit of pipes up, yeah. Get some pipes up, yeah. <laughs> so he plays another great song. Kind of gave me a David Bowie vibe, perhaps. I meant to look up to see if these songs were actual songs, but I forgot. Yeah, if they are, they weren't credited. Yeah, I assumed that the first one, the faster one, was just (laughs) an original (laughs) composition because it sounds like a round the twist music. But I don't know. I don't know about the second one. Someone should look into that. The second one sounds like a real song. Email us at untwistedpodcast at gmail.com and tell us if you recognize that song. Please email an MP3 of the song. I want to play it at my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I will say my first thought when hearing here's something with a bit more pace for all you rockers makes me think that he's going to play something more upbeat and faster. That's the joke. That's why everyone's like, oh, okay. okay. That makes sense. I I didn't get it. (laughs) Well, I was thinking for a moment you could interpret it as more paces and it's more paced out and then rockers as like rocking back and forth, like slow dancing. <laughs> oh, getting deep here. We had it all wrong. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that back in. So Hugh Townsend, who by no means should ever be at a school, <laughs> is here and he asks Linda to dance. It's a big step from last time when she was like, I really love photography. And it was like, okay, great. <laughs> and now he's like, hey, you want to dance? Like what's happened between then that he's like... Actually, I know this girl's name and I'm going to ask her to dance. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this character in general. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't go to this school, right? <laughs> well, I think he does. He must. Like in the previous episode, Tiger is like, oh, I have a connection. This famous photographer, I'm going to somehow get him to come cover this. Well, he didn't say he was famous. I think he's just like the cool guy. He's like the coolest guy at school. Yeah. Because it said premiership hero. So like he's obviously... A well-known kid at the school, assuming he goes to the school. Yeah, it's just very unclear the way they set him up. Yeah. yeah. But I will say in regards to not knowing who Linda was and not really engaging with her last week and now knowing her name and asking her to dance, that does check out. I think guys are mostly clueless. So if a girl is hitting on a guy, the guy doesn't really notice it. But I'm betting somebody at some point tipped him off like, hey, Linda was really flirting with you. Linda has a crush on you. And he's like, oh, wait. Really? Let me ask her to dance. Wow. <laughs> Maybe Fiona told him. Maybe after Fiona's bitchiness making fun of her, she actually went and told him that she'd dance with him at the disco, being a good friend. Uh-huh. Maybe like all the guys, he's insecure about the fact that he hasn't kissed anyone yet, so he's just trying to get a kiss. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Linda likes me, so I could probably make that happen. <laughs> now we've got Pete reading off his hand. He's written down the five steps, the rules to get a kiss. I gotta give a shout 
shout out to our fan, Sarah, who pointed out, why does he have step one written on his hand when he's already at the disco with Fiona? Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. I didn't catch on to that when I watched this. Maybe it's like when you are writing a to-do list and in order to get yourself motivated, you write number one, write to-do list and then cross it off. Well, maybe he hadn't even asked her yet. When he wrote it on his hand. <laughs> yeah. It's been on his hand the whole time. If that was his strategy, that's very unfortunate. And you can see that number five is already starting to wear off. So very poor choice. It's kind of funny because I feel like the steps, they seem pretty straightforward. Like, I don't know if you would really forget. Take her to the dance. Dance quick, then slow. Take her home. Kiss. <laughs> Mr. Snapper. Mr. Snapper. This is his big moment. <laughs> Dancing with Faye. And Pete's like, he, he and Pete. They have a moment. They share a look. It's such a weird exchange between Pete and Snapper. Yeah. He like winks at him. Pete kind of raises his eyebrows. Snapper's so full of himself. Miss James looks so uncomfortable yeah. the whole time. She's just not having any of it. Poor Miss James. Whereas Fiona seems to be having it. Yeah, Fiona is definitely enjoying her time with Pete. It's pretty undeniable. Yeah, Linda. Yeah, and it's like, why did he need to write this letter to the magazine? Yeah, she clearly likes him. He's obviously getting somewhere. Yeah, but he's an insecure boy. He's got no mum. He doesn't have a mother. <laughs> <laughs> also, the music is going, it's now or never. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe he should have kissed her then. It was now or never. Yeah, Pete. But he's like, don't stray from the plan. Go to walk home. Yeah. Oh, and Gribble and Rabbit chewing their gum, staring him down. What is it with them and the gum? Moreover, what is it with them and their ongoing obsession with Pete Twist in obsession. every episode? <laughs> yeah. It's gotten absolutely ridiculous here. They are staring at him as he dances. They follow him as he walks Fiona home. Yeah, it's getting into real harassment territory here. Also, Tiger's with them now. Like, the disco must be fully over for Tiger to be with them. And they're there before Pete and Fiona get to Fiona's house. Yeah. This shot in the dark, all of this stuff at night. It reminds me of Looking for Ella Brandy. That's a good movie. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that in ages. I've never heard of that. It's like an Australian coming-of-age film yeah. that everyone watches slash reads the book of in high school. Yeah. Although I saw the movie when it came out and then later read the book in high school. We should stop and watch that movie right now. Oh yeah. All right. We'll be back, everyone. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the Gribble gang harassing Pete but it's hard to tell if they are rooting for him or against him. They seem genuinely excited yeah. at the idea of him kissing Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger can't help but commentate everything. This commentary is wonderful as always. Yeah. He's wetting his lips. <laughs> He's trying the old walker to the door technique. They're walking up the steps. He's limbering his lips. Puckering in preparation. <laughs> <laughs> He's limbering his lips. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, is he just like stretching his mouth out? <laughs> yeah, he's got to stretch those mouth muscles. That's what I do to prepare for this podcast. Limber your lips. <laughs> Think of your mother. <laughs> Think of your mother. Those weird sounds from the beginning of the theme song, that's Tamsin West limbering her lips to get ready to sing. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to sing. Have you ever... <laughs> The thing that I noted was how can he see any of this from all the way over there? Yeah, how can he tell that he's limbering his lips? How can he see a frog orbiting the moon? <laughs> yeah, that's true. He just has super vision. It's one of Tiger's superpowers. So yeah, they seem excited to see him get a kiss, but when he doesn't, Boy, are they delighted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Their uproarious laughter as Pete gets the door shut in his face is very funny. He kisses the door. That's right. Do you think Fiona intentionally closes the door on him or do you think she just doesn't notice that he's trying to kiss her? I wondered that also. I think 
it's supposed to be that she doesn't notice, but who knows? Who knows? Based on all of her other behavior, I have to think she didn't notice. Maybe she just thought it would be funny. Maybe she thought, oh, I do want to kiss Pete, but it'll be even funnier if I just close the door in his face. <laughs> yeah. Make him really work for it. Maybe she came back like two minutes later. She's like, oh, he's gone. We see the shot from Fiona's side of the door. I mean, you can definitely see his lips pressed against the glass. Yeah. So yeah, she would have seen that. She probably thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And she didn't know the boys are there to make fun of them. For her, it was an innocent gag. Why would you ever think that they would be there? <laughs> yeah, it seems like if she knew that they were there watching, she would have kissed him. Yeah. What is with them? Yeah, they need to just settle down, mate. Yeah, like, don't they have anything better to do? Rabbits. He's going to kiss her grips. He's going to kiss her grips. Shut up. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck do they call Pete here? Splinter mouth. Yeah, I think they call him splinter mouth. <laughs> splinter mouth. <laughs> And then don't they call him Maggot Mouth? Yeah. Which is like, what? Was Splinter Mail a subtitle? Yes. There are lots of bad Amazon subtitles in this, as always. Splinter Mail. Splinter Mail almost makes sense. Like, I don't quite get it, but it does seem like it would be a term. Makes no sense to me. <laughs> or like, cuck or, yeah. you know, just a wussy guy that didn't get the kiss. Ah, he's a real Splinter Mail. Splinter Mail. You got the Alpha Mail, and then you got the Splinter Mail. <laughs> For Maggot Mouth, it says Made Mail. M-A-D. Email, which that I agree with you, Jeff. That sounds like another term for a cuck. (laughs) (laughs) The subtitles also say when he says he's going to kiss her gribs, it says he's going to kiss her goose. (laughs) I was sad that there was no witty retort from Pete here. He normally has something great to say. I think he's just flabbergasted by the situation. Yeah, he's just upset. He really wanted that kiss. And then he's like, why why are they here? (laughs) Yeah. Why are you so obsessed with me? And after that, we immediately transition into that initial credit scene. Yes. Yeah, Pete looking at himself in the funhouse mirror. Funhouse mirrors doing more harm to children's self-esteem than Barbie dolls and alcoholic parents combined. (laughs) The second I saw the shot, I just heard... It seems like it's before the carnival opens that he's walking around here. Like, that's when they got to film, was before everyone's fully set up. Yeah, why is he there? I feel like he's just doing recon for his big excursion. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's true. He knows the school is making a trip there. Yeah. He wants to get a kiss from Fiona. Maybe he's trying to plot out. Yeah, he's like, where would she kiss me? The magazine advice column was dead wrong. The disco stuff did not work. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to make my own plan at the carnival. I mean, it could also just be the weekend. Maybe is like set up right in the center of town and he's just gone on like a melancholy walk and he just ends up wandering into it. Oh yeah, true. Maybe he's just like sad and walking around. As he is walking forlornly, a carny is setting up prizes at his booth. And as Pete walks by, he says, good day, mate. Good day. Good day, mate. <laughs> it just struck me as a pointless little interaction. It made me wonder <laughs> if Aussie TV rules work the same way as in America, where if you're an extra, you get one fee. But if you speak a line of dialogue, the minimum pay goes up significantly. So mm-hmm. maybe the extra just kind of threw that line out there to get a bigger paycheck, annoying the producers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Pete sees this girl sitting down, this pretty girl who motions to him. And here Pete's just going to abandon his feelings for Fiona. Go and have a quickie in the (laughs) fortune trailer. 
she motions with her finger for him to come over and he like looks behind him to see if she's motioning to someone else and then looks back and she does this hilarious nod where her eyes go really wide and she's like yes you 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 idiot oh pete the camera focuses on like madame fortune and see your future but this doesn't really go into seeing your future, really. Yeah, this isn't really a future situation. It seems like they put an emphasis on that line for no real reason. Yeah. You really can see the present. <laughs> <laughs> but she does know a lot about him. So as she's walking in to her little shed or trailer or whatever, she puts her shawl over her head. And then straight away she takes it off when she goes inside. Ooh. Take it off! <laughs> and we see that she is an old woman. And Pete jumps back. Oh my god. It's the bath scene from The Shining. <laughs> but she couldn't be naked for this. It's a kid's show. <laughs> I'll give them some credit. The old lady version of her looks similar enough to the young lady version. Yeah, she has some similar like facial expressions hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I like this lady. Yeah, I think I remember thinking that she looked familiar from some other Australian kid's show. Oh. But now I see her and don't think she looks familiar at all. So maybe I just imagined that. The only thing in the list that I saw was Mad Max. Hmm. The first one? Yeah, which I've seen once. Well, you know what? I have not ever seen Mad Max, so bonus episodes. Yes. We're going to see every single Australian made everything by the time this podcast is done. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking how I want to watch Road Warrior and Fury Road back to back. I don't really want to watch the first Mad Max again because I think that movie kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being boring. Come on, guys. Can't we just get beyond Thunderdome? <laughs> Good one, Jeff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So where were we up to? Oh, yeah, it was the bath scene in The Shining. Yeah. She turns around. Pete jumps back. He's shocked. He's like, the ravages of age. <laughs> <laughs> He's like trying to be nice. He's like, oh, shit, she's an old lady and she used to be a young lady. What the fuck is going on? Nobody likes hanging out with old people. I'm with Pete. <laughs> oh, I want to hang out with her. I'm sad because she's the actress, Sheila Florence, apparently died only a couple of years after this. Uh-huh. So she would have been around 73 at the filming of this. She's pretty lovable, this Meadow and Fortune. Yeah, I like her. I would have watched a spin-off show about her. Yeah, that would have been pretty good. Too bad she died before they could make it. I mean, she's basically me when I'm old, so <laughs> we'll just wait 50 years or so and uh, get on with it. <laughs> I'm going to start writing some scripts for this show now. I actually didn't know that people died before we started doing this podcast. Mass has really opened my eyes. <laughs> I've had to comprehend the concept of death from doing this podcast. Way to go, Maz. You've shattered his innocence. Hey, how else is he going to learn? Oh, yeah, that's true. It's a real learning experience for all. I just drink to forget about it after each podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the, the music during this scene is so effectively creepy. And when we see Fiona's face in the fortune-telling ooze-filled pot kind of give me a Twin Peaks vibe where I'm like, is she going to get murdered? <laughs> I really like the music and atmosphere in this scene. It's very well done. Yeah. This whole carnival scene in general. I enjoy carnival stuff in film and television generally. Yeah, it's got a unique vibe to it. Yeah. I really like when we see Pete get the door slammed on his lips in the, <laughs> in the pot. And it's got like that cool reverby flashbacky noise. You remember this? Oh, yeah, and then Pete's like, I better be getting home. It's beef casserole tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's got those two great lines about needing to let the cat out yeah. and then beef casserole. Yeah. <laughs> great excuses. So the fortune teller offers Pete this lipstick that she says will make any girl kiss him. Any girl. Invisible lipstick. He's like, 
No. <laughs> it won't make any boys want to kiss me, will it? So I do think Pete gets kind of a nice little sweetheart line here yes. where the fortune teller says it'll only work on each girl once. You'll only get one kiss from each girl that it works on. And he says, one kiss from Fiona will last forever. Bless him. Good old Pete. Yeah, I thought that was extremely cute and really very accurate to a teenage crush. That's absolutely how I would feel about the girls I pined about in high school. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that this show listened to my feedback and explains the rules very well in this episode. <laughs> Ever since I bitched about it in Spaghetti Pig Out, yeah. the show has been very good about setting up the rules explaining the rules <laughs> so is now a good time to bring up the original short story lucky lips and the differences between this scene and the one in the book you tell me do it because in this one madame fortune is she seems like this really likable fun time gal <laughs> and in the book it opens with the main character going to this strange old lady's house and she's like give me 20 bucks <laughs> and he gives her 20 bucks and then she's like girls don't want to kiss you you're a little dickhead but she doesn't actually say that she's like you're selfish and whatever <laughs> she just gives him this lipstick and he's like, I'm not going to wear lipstick. And it's pretty much the same as this, I suppose. She explains the rules, but it's like she's 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 much more angrier and <laughs> less impressed with him, which to be fair, he's kind of a jerk in the book. Right you are, Jeremy. But I do want to point out that it's kind of funny that the kid in the book is like, wow, she knew everything. Well, she was wrong about the part about me being selfish and a jerk. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I think is setting up to us that he actually is a jerk. Yeah. But in the book, it's like, so far, it's the only Paul Jennings story that hasn't been in first person. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think maybe we're not supposed to identify with him. I think he's meant to be like a shit guy. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of the story. Well, Sarah hooked us up with some really awesome behind the scenes info that I didn't know about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is that Paul Jennings wrote the script to be about Gribble Jr. getting the lipstick. Oh. And then Esben Storm said it should be from the perspective of Pete. So they had Pete get the lipstick. Yeah, that was interesting. So Paul Jennings, I guess, his vision was to have it be more like the story where it's a giant jerk who gets his hands on this lipstick. And Esben is like, no, Pete's the main character, or, you know, among the main characters, let's have him get it. Hmm. Yeah, it would have been kind of weird to have an episode that's just about Gribbs having a supernatural adventure. I mean, I could see that. I think that would be enjoyable and unique. Yeah. But that said, probably the decision came down to wanting to play the Pete Fiona angle, which works well with this plot. It it really does work well, and I really do like the development of Pete and Fiona, or Piona. <laughs> Piona, if you will. Fate. Fate. <laughs> But yeah, I wish I could read the original script that Paul Jennings wrote, because I do think that would be interesting to see a more Gribble-centered story. Yeah. 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 So this next scene isn't super notable. It's kind of quick, but it is one of the few Bronson interactions we get this episode. It's notable in that we get to see some Bronson. Yeah. And it's gold. And this is where my big continuity error comes. Oh, here we go. Okay. So Madame Fortune says that she's going to come and get it back in 40 hours. And that's why Pete's like, Bronson, can I borrow your? special watch and uh, make it beep at 5pm on Friday and Bronson's like for $2 I'll do anything. It'll beep whenever you want it to. Yeah. <laughs> Very well delivered line. For $2 it'll beep whenever you want it to. And I also liked his bedside light. It kind of looks like a lighthouse. It does look pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I want it. Also important, she says that in 40 hours, she'll come and get it wherever it is. She'll come and find it. Yeah. Because she magic. I'll get you. I'll get you. All right. So Pete is setting the alarm to go off. 5 p.m. Friday. Yeah, blow our minds. He's supposed to have the lipstick for 40 hours. That would have placed him at the carnival at 1 a.m. Wednesday. <gasps> 
nice. Then why was it daylight, guys? Why was it daylight when he was at the carnival? Why did I have the bow, Bart? Why did I have the bow? It would have been a cool scene if he wandered through the carnival on the way back home from Fiona's house. Like it was just no one was there and he was just walking through and it would have made that interaction with the fortune teller much creepier. Yeah. However, when he comes home to see Bronson, it is nighttime. Right. Yeah. And you think he would have gone straight to Bronson about this watch. So maybe Ooh. some kind of weird time thing happened. But Bronson was still awake. Would Bronson be awake at 1am? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Wait, so let me let me get this straight. So 5pm Friday, 40 hours before that, you say it would be 1am. So 48 hours before then would have to be 5pm Wednesday. So eight hours from that. Yeah, that works out. Oh yeah, of course. All right. All right. I believe you. Jeff got it right. This isn't like the time he miscalculated when he was going to land in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. Oh, well, get wrecked. Somebody got this day wrong. Who cares? Somebody may have gone to the airport to pick me up a day early. Whatever. No big deal. Luckily, I figured out that the topic came up and I was like, wait a second. I do recall getting a text or a message of some sort in Beijing during my layover. With Josh freaking out like, wait, when are you going to be there? When is Matt supposed to pick you up? Oh, yeah, that was that was funny times. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, good times. Hey, time zones are hard. <laughs> what can I say? They are. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So big continuity error. Everyone's mind was blown and now we're moving on. That was a good continuity error. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good spot, Jeff. I kind of like it. I'm going to see it as Madame Fortune having some control over time. Ooh. And like he was actually in her trailer a lot longer than he realized. Yeah. When he left the trailer, it was like 1am. Yeah. So Fiona and Linda... Fienda, if you will, are jogging, (laughs) talking about Hugh. We actually find out something about him. He is 17. Yeah. He claims to be 17. I don't believe him, but that's what he claims. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which would make any sexual interaction between them in most jurisdictions in the U.S. That would be statutory rape. Just wanted to say. Goodness. To be fair, they never imply that anything sexual is going to happen. So it's a little weird for me to be pointing that out. But (laughs) I don't know. Fiona does say you just like the experience. Experienced ones. Yeah. I mean, what experiences would she be referring to? That's true. It is creepy. You just like experienced photographers. <laughs> Maybe she means experienced in football. Yeah. So Pete is hiding and he puts on lipstick and he does this little bit where he says, Fiona. Pete. <laughs> there are times when I really love Pete. And then there are times when I just want to slap him silly. And this is one of those times because that kissy sound annoys me so much. It's like back in the Pete hate. I get that he's inexperienced. I get that he's a kid. But still, can you imagine trying to make out with somebody and that's how you kiss? I just, (laughs) that would be so unsatisfying to kiss somebody like that. That's probably not how he thinks that a kiss is going to go. That's just his example of (laughs) kiss sounds. He's like, how do I tell the audience that I don't know is watching because I don't know I'm on a TV show? That I want to kiss someone. Yeah, I don't know what his thinking was, like, that he'd knock on the door and she would just be there. Yeah, why would he think Fiona would answer the door? Yeah, he didn't think it through. I think he was just zoned in on, this is the girl of my dreams, I'm going to get her to kiss me. Yeah, he just couldn't believe that he was about to get a kiss. Didn't even think about other females answering the door. So all the Aussie kids that grew up around the same time that Jeremy and I did would love to know this. Uh, The lady here playing Fiona's mum voiced Plasmo. Plasmo! Yeah, I can't believe I didn't even look that up. Yeah, uh, her name's Abby Holmes. Yeah. Good stuff. That's pretty great, like 
trivia. I certainly don't care about what you guys just said. Yeah, Jeff and Josh don't appreciate this at all, but I'm impressed with that. Love me some plasmo. Yeah. So anyway, they they kiss. She kisses him. Uh, yeah. And it's hot <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> I like how the women and girls who come under this spell, like initially they like look like they're in love with him and then immediately after they've kissed him, they're like so confused and disgusted. They're like, Ugh. I do like that about the way they play this concept out. They are enraptured for a moment, but as soon as the kiss is done, they break out of the spell and immediately realize that they have been hypnotized, basically, for a moment and are immediately disgusted. The mom just drops on me, drops to the floor. (laughs) But then the dad comes over, who may or may not be Fiona's real life dad. Fiona is played by Daisy Cameron. This guy is played by... David Cameron? David Cameron. Wasn't David Cameron a prime minister or something in Britain? Yeah, because I tried to look him up (laughs) and I couldn't because he's got a generic name and he (laughs) shares it with a prime minister. Yeah. Yeah, I paused it to try and see if they looked like they could be related, but I couldn't really, didn't really stick out to me. Apparently he was in Mad Max as well. Wow. This whole episode's a Mad Max reunion. (laughs) Yeah. I think the entire population of Australia was in Mad Max. (laughs) And still are. Yeah. Well, 2020 is basically Mad Max. I will say the dad is quite a wiener. I mean, (laughs) imagine being married for 20 years and you catch your wife cheating on you with a minor (laughs) and having a reaction as milk toast as, is there something you'd like to tell me, dear? (laughs) Such a good line. (laughs) To be fair, he doesn't see exactly what happens. Yeah. Don't you usually identify with the spineless ones, Jeff? Yeah, and that actually is exactly what happened to me. (laughs) They don't go full on with this concept, but they do kind of hint at it later on, which is the fact that because nobody else sees this, she could easily just claim that Pete assaulted her. Yeah. Which I think is what anyone in real life would probably do because they would not want to admit to having molested a kid. I mean, in a way, he did assault her because he put this thing on that made her go against her will. Sure, but they don't know how that happened. Yeah. But, like, later on, Miss James says that Pete kissed her. Yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's right. She does. So they do kind of hint at the fact that these girls could have claimed that he was the one who instigated it non-magically. But the way you phrase it, it sounds a little nefarious that they would blame Pete for kissing them. I wonder if that's really what they think happened because they're kind of in a trance. True. And, you know, a kiss has happened. So, I mean, maybe they're just like, oh, I don't know. I kind of spaced out, but obviously this kid kissed me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Or do they think that they really wanted to kiss him for some reason and then are like, why did I, why would I want to do that? Why did I do that? Yeah, I would like some more insight into what's going on in their heads. Yeah. They should have explained the rules better. Fiona does look truly shocked here. Yeah. It's like, what on earth? Before we go any further, I hate to drag this out more, but... You'd love it. I just want to get this out of the way. Just this element of the episode of older women kissing younger boys or Pete specifically, I guess is the only one we see it happen to. Of all the things that happen in this episode, I'm fine with everything else. I'm fine with Linda kissing Pete. I think that is fine (laughs) for a kid show. I think that's funny. I don't think that's that problematic considering the premise. I don't mind the animals thing. That's funny. But the middle-aged women who actually kiss Pete on the lips for like an extended period of time, and it's clearly like these actors are really kissing each other. Yeah. This bothers me. (laughs) I feel like this is not okay. (laughs) I'm not bothered, but it is shocking to see it. Yeah. 
It's not like a full-on like tongue kiss though. But it's very open mouth. Is it? Yeah, is it? They're pretty juicy kisses, I guess. Like if I were an adult actor in this show and they instructed me to kiss a minor in such a way, I would most certainly not do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think this would happen today. I don't think this would fly. That one wasn't open mouth with the mum. I just had a look. Yeah, I thought Fiona's mum kind of looks like she just mashes her face. Pushes her face on his face, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Even so, that seems like such an uncomfortable position to be in as an actor, to be told, do this to this kid. (laughs) Just really mash your face on their face. It's uncomfortable from an acting point of view, but also I think that it's bad kids content. If I was a kid and I saw this, it would make me uncomfortable. Yeah, if this was made today, they wouldn't do that, I don't think. Look, I'm going to be honest, as a kid, Fiona's mum, Kiss and Pete, I did think was hot as fuck. (laughs) Not going to lie. I think I would have thought that as well. This would have have turned me on and <laughs> that is not the message you want to be sending to adolescent boys yeah kids should not be turned on ever because <laughs> if it was linda and hugh's dad kissed her like it'd be weird <laughs> i think we're not meant to be turned on but i think as a kid i was a little bit <gasps> i think we're meant to be like oh no what's pete gotten into this is awful true i agree that it's probably naive to think that kids wouldn't be turned on by it but i mean that said like it's not depicted as like oh pete look at him go yeah Pete's like horrified about it. He's like, no, this is not what I want. This is awful. It only causes trouble. I don't think that would have mattered to me as a kid when I was watching this. That wouldn't have affected the way it made me feel. And I think it sends a bad message because there are lots of real life cases of like teachers and stuff. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, it is dismissed as, oh, well, the boys must have wanted it. And even though in a lot of those cases, studies have shown that those men ended up having psychological trauma from those experiences. Yeah. I mean, should they have shown the aftermath of this with Fiona's parents getting divorced and Pete having (laughs) deep psychological trauma? Sure. (laughs) But it's a 22 minute episode. They couldn't quite get into all those details. (laughs) I just kind of wish they had avoided the older women kissing Pete thing. I think it's unnecessary. I think the plot would have worked just fine if it had only focused on girls Pete's age kissing him. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't bother me as much, but I, I respect your point of view. Do you think Pete would have had less of a reason to be upset about the dangers of the lipstick if he was only being kissed by girls his age though. That's a fair point. It does make it seem more like a punishment. I mean, they could have gone the other way and had Bronson playing with some of his female friends. So, I mean, look, we got off lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if Linda was the one doing it and she got kissed by Mr. Snapper. Mr. Snapper. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't even be having the discussion of is it or isn't it okay if that had happened. Oh, that's a good point, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, you just woke me up to uh, some real sexist double standards here. Yeah. Because you're right, if it were Linda being kissed by Mr. Snapper, we would have been like, the show should be taken off the air immediately. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell are you guys doing? But with the genders reversed, I'm not as bothered, but I should be. So, good point. Yeah. In either case, I think, and they hint at this with Linda's line just in this scene leading up to this, where like adolescent children are oftentimes attracted to the idea of sexual activity with an older, more mature partner. Mm. And I think to feed into that desire is problematic yeah. Oh, yeah, because it enables pedophilia. <laughs> I will say, despite everything I just said, as an adult watching this, I do find it funny. <laughs> it 
it is amusing to me. I'm not not entertained by it. I am. It would be amazing if we got to interview Pete's actor yeah. about his experience filming this episode. Sam Vandenberg. <laughs> and like how he feels about it in retrospect. It would be very interesting. What I don't get here is how does everyone know that Yona's mom and Pete kissed? Yeah, either Gribble and the gang were stalking him and they just didn't show it. Yeah, the Gribble and the gang were probably watching from across the street again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past them. Or Fiona may have told people because she seems a little irritated. The most irritated we've seen her act. Yeah. And it only lasts a second before she gets kind of happy again. Mm. But there's this one brief shot where she kind of stares at Pete for a second angrily. Oh, yeah. She looks like she might be mad. Did we mention Pete talking about his animal magnetism? Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I've got animal magnetism. I also think it was funny that the boys are like, oh, he kissed a 35-year-old, must be desperate, as if 35 is so fucking old. I think they said 45, didn't they? Oh, did they? I thought it was 35. Subtitle says 35. I thought it sounded like they said 35, but in the book, she's like 45. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was weird. They made her younger. Maybe they thought that was less creepy somehow. Hmm. I think the real question is, why is Faye, who is usually Bronson's teacher, yes. teaching Pete and not Mr. Snapper? Yeah. This makes no sense to me. There's only <laughs> two teachers at this school. Now it looks like they just switch roles every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of goes into what Josh was talking about. It's like, I mean, they could have just had this be Mr. Snapper and he gets kissed by all the girls in the class. Yeah, not gone there. They'd go out of their way to give him a female teacher in this scene. And I would have liked to have seen Mr. Snapper's reaction to all this pandemonium. I feel like he would have had some funny jokes. Yeah, it could have been quite a fun scene with Mr. Snapper. Mr. Snapper. Just reacting to all this. Like, oh, Pete, I hope that's contagious <laughs> so that I can get a kiss from Faye. Yeah. Maybe he'd just be dancing around the background the whole time. Yeah, winking at Pete. Maybe he called out because he danced too hard. Yeah. <laughs> what we get of Faye's lesson about personal space here is pretty, it doesn't quite have a point to it. <laughs> oh, now it makes sense. I think Mr. Snapper got fired for his behavior at the disco. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> now Faye is teaching all the classes and she starts with this thing about personal space. Yeah, like sensitivity. <laughs> this textbook, by the way, is called From Many Different Countries. Yeah, it looks like a geography book or something. But they're learning about personal space. <laughs> but she specifically mentions about different cultures having different personal space. So I think it does make sense. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was how I made it make sense in my head. Except for the fact that she's teaching his class. <laughs> this is an anthropology class. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous that Pete thinks that in class with all of the girls around is a good time for him to put the lipstick on. I know. Why? Like after what happened. Yeah. The only reason that I could come up with was that maybe he's like trying to prove to Gribble that he can get her to kiss him. Yeah. In the book, he's like, I'll show everyone I'm going to make the coolest girl in school kiss me. But it still is kind of a dumb idea for him to, you know. Do it in class. Stupid. Especially after last night. It's a pretty badass idea to just have every girl in the class come kiss you. <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that they immediately retch afterwards. Yeah. Right. Fun side note, the cool girl in the book is called Faye. Whoa. Oh. Fate. So here we have all the girls want to kiss Pete. Jill, our favorite spaghetti pig out co-host, yeah. comes and kisses him. And then Tams and Wes dream moment. <laughs> she gets to kiss Sam Vandenberg. Yeah. 
Before that, we see behind him while he's trying to put the lippy on that Fiona has been tasked by Miss James to take something to Mr. Snapper. Mr. Snapper. Because she doesn't want to see him. She's delivering Mr. Snapper's final paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But meanwhile, Gribble Jr. is really staring at Pete. Yeah. He's starting to get wise to what Pete is doing. Pete turns back to look at Fiona. 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 (laughs) Fiona. Uh-oh, Jill's coming. Da, 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 da. Yeah, the horror music is great. Oh, Jill. Teacher calls her name Jill. Jill, what are you doing? And she just plants one right on his face. The boys are like watching it. Class is going crazy. Tiger's commentating again. Of course, Tiger just starts commentating. <laughs> and his commentating is so great. <laughs> oh no, the girls are going wild. I love how he just launches right into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, his sister's coming over. His own sister. Do you reckon she'll do it? She has done it. She's gone for it as well. She's kissed him. The shots of Pete being held on the ground and yeah. kissed by multiple girls is a lot. It's pretty outrageous. <laughs> outrageous. Outrageous fortune. <laughs> the very fortune forceful nature of these kisses is yeah yeah i mean in the story they talk about how his sleeve was ripped off and his oh yeah goodness yikes it was a little more violent in the books mm. as like a young teenage boy would this have been like a great day for you or a horrible day <laughs> horrible for sure like i really felt pete's pain yeah in this. as a teenage boy the idea of it would have seemed nice to me but the reality would be a pretty terrible day right yeah problematic things aside like this is such a well done scene because I feel like the class acts very realistically. Like just the way the boys are taking it all in and laughing and just watching it happen. Yeah. And the girls being so disgusted with having kissed Pete seemed very real. And then we see Faye kind of convulsing yeah. <laughs> as she tries to stop herself from kissing Pete. She knows the implications. I like the shot of Fiona up the back just like shaking her head. That was funny. What has Pete gotten into this time? Yeah. You silly girl. She's like, oh, Pete. Yeah. Ribs Jr staring at Pete as the laughter kind of winds down. He's like, why didn't I want to kiss him? (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny that uh, he's witnessing Pete's worst moment of his life and he's like, I need to experience this. I want that lipstick. (laughs) He's such a dick. What was the other episode recently where there was a shot of Gribbs staring at Pete? Or as I like to call them, Greet. (laughs) Ah, yes, the Greet ship. On the bus in um, Wonderpants. Yeah, Wonderpants on the bus. It reminded me of that. And it just went nowhere. (laughs) Although this actually does go somewhere. Yeah, it does. So Pete and Linda see that Miss James is pulling up to the lighthouse. And Linda's like, now you're going to cop it. They're giving Tony shit. And they're like, Miss Jane. Mr. Snapper was dancing with her the other night at the disco. Oh, I'm not interested in her. And the Amazon subtitle here calls him Mr. Snapple. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Linda's reaction to the dad saying he's not interested in Miss James is so good. And if you don't have that sound clip in the podcast, I'm walking. <laughs> Play it right now, Jeremy. Oh, I'm not interested in her anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what have you blush every time her name's mentioned, Miss James sitting in a tree. And Miss James tells Tony that there's been some complaints about Pete. It's just like, whoa, whoa now. Not my Pete. <laughs> the fact that Miss James wants to bring this up at all, that's interesting to me. Yeah, <laughs> she has to because of the complaint. True. So she's just hoping that it'll get glossed over, that she can bring up the incident without her involvement getting brought up. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I like Bronson's reaction to the lipstick and everything. Yes. Yuck! Who'd want a rotten old girl to kiss you? Tony's like, calm down. Stay out of this, Bronson. Yeah, I love to stay out of this. Bronson. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Bronson. <laughs> I like how Faye is like, even Linda kissed Pete. And Tony doesn't even, like, think about that for a second. Yeah, he doesn't even react to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> also, fucking Dunny, Dunny in the background. <gasps> that really stood out to me. Is that Dunny, was it ever at that lighthouse? Or was this made for the TV show? I feel like it probably was made for the TV show. Yeah, probably. Sad. Sad. <laughs> So yeah, dad does not believe this lipstick story at all. And to prove that there's no way to make this girl kiss somebody against her will, he puts the lipstick on himself. And Linda's like, oh no, and runs inside. Yeah, Linda sees what's happening and she is like, nope. No! Good call. Yeah, they really dodged a bullet there. And now Faye really goes in on this kiss. Yeah, this is definitely an open mouth kiss. Maybe because she has feelings for him as well. It's like a proper kiss. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, because she already wants to kiss him. This lipstick just gives her the confidence. Yeah. And then you've got Nell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good old Nell. In my day, teachers taught reading and writing. Yeah. (laughs) So big question. Why doesn't Nell kiss Dad? That's what I was going to say. Dad, dad, dad. Maybe she's just immune to these mystical things. Yeah. I had that thought as well. She's old, grizzled. She knows all the mystical goings on in Port Miranda. Yeah. Yeah, she's been around. She's seen this kind of stuff before. Maybe when someone else is kissing the person, you can't be affected. Maybe. Because she gets out of distance before they stop. She's not affected. Yeah, that checks out. (laughs) Or perhaps the kiss was just so intense that the lipstick had already worn off at that point. All the lipstick came off. Yeah, Fayette already licked it all off of his lips. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So now Pete's like, can I have it back now? Yeah, he's like, you've had your kiss. And Tony's like, much too good for children. Much too good for children. Now, I do think Pete would have gotten it back if he had explained the one kiss per girl rule. Yeah. Then the dad would have been like, oh, well, then I don't want this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Tony does look like he wants to get some more. He's got that creepy smile on again. Faye looks like she wants some more. I was going to say, when the kiss ends, because you were talking about, oh, she really goes in because she likes him. But when she's done, it looks like she's going, oh, wow, I really liked that. Like, I didn't realize I was going to like that so much. And it almost looks like she's going to go in for a second kiss (laughs) or like she's considering it. She'll have a sleep on it. Her reaction is definitely not so much. Oh, my God, I can't believe I kissed Tony Twist. It's more (laughs) like, oh, wow, I I really did it. I finally did it. It finally happened. Yeah. And he apologizes and she's like, that's fine. It's all right. Do not like Tony Twist touching his lips afterwards. Yeah. No, this is creepy as fuck. Yeah, that is pretty creepy. And then the big grin, his eyes look demonic. Yeah. (laughs) I think if Faye had stuck around and saw that, it would have been over. I love me some Tony Twist, but this is pretty creepy from him. Yeah. <laughs> Starting to figure out what he was wishing in Santa Claus. I think what it all comes down to is I love Tony Twist, but I don't consider him as a sexual being. <laughs> yeah, I think I would agree with that. It's upsetting to imagine him having sexual urges. See, he adopted these children. He didn't make them. <laughs> yeah. He killed their mom and adopted the children. <laughs> yeah. His absolute lowest moments are sticking his tongue out and giving a thumbs up during that Christmas scene. <laughs> And then this. I just don't want to think about him doing anything of a sexual nature. I do. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. We have differences, but we respect each other. And that's what this podcast is all about. (laughs) 
So Pete, in the middle of the night, sneaks down and gets the lipstick out of Tony's jacket that's hanging on the stairs. I think it's his overalls. Yeah, his overalls. <laughs> He's got it back. And then the next day, they're back in class. They're going on an excursion. Yeah, that's exciting. That seems like a pretty cool excursion. It does. I want to go. Except you have to answer questions before you do anything cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's an agricultural fair. So it seems like she's created some kind of test that they have to carry around with them and find the answers to the questions at the fair. Yeah, yeah. just some worksheets or something. I kind of remember doing stuff like that in school. Yeah, yeah, we did stuff like that in excursions. That's a real thing. Our science class would go to the local amusement park. And we had these stupid worksheets where we're <laughs> like, calculate the speed of a roller coaster or something like that. Goodness. <laughs> and, you know, nobody ever did them. Nobody ever actually answered the questions or turned in the assignment. Right. They're just there to ride rides. So in this, I like how Pete's now right at the back of the classroom. Everyone's like, no, thank you. Everyone hates him. So Miss James says they have to pair up with male, female counterparts, which is a little strange in light of everything that's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, nobody wants to pair up with Pete. I'm not going with Pete twist. Yeah. Except for the one person that matters. I'll go with Pete. Fiona. Because she's got a good heart. And then Gribble's really jealous because at first he's like no girl go near twist again. Not even his own sister. But then as soon as Fiona's like I'll go with Pete and then Gribble's like I want that lipstick. That lipstick. <laughs> and Rabbit's just like defeated. He's just like yeah. Rabbit just makes a noise. I want that lipstick. Hey. So then we go to the carnival. The carnival. I don't know why I said it weird. <laughs> Tiger comes out of a tiger. <laughs> it's pretty good. That is a pretty great moment, Tiger scaring the kid. So then we get the kissing booth. Proceeds go to Parapu Shire. <laughs> what the hell is the Parapu Shire? Well, so are kissing booths a real thing or are they just something that TV and movies made up? Yeah, I thought they were a TV thing. I've never actually seen one, but it had to have been a real thing at one point. Seems like a good way to spread cold sores. I actually wrote exactly that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this line of men that we see is a pretty creepy reveal. <laughs> oh no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, the first guy's like older and then it's all these younger guys. <laughs> right behind Tiger is this really creepy looking dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrible. There's also a guy with a really hectic mullet. But yeah, that guy behind Tiger is skewing pretty old. Pretty old, mate. <laughs> well, so was the first guy that's actually kissing her. But she doesn't look like a teenager. Like, she looks at least 20-something. Yeah, that first guy kissing her is pretty old. Which, I mean, you'd have to expect. If you're running a kissing booth, you're going to expect a few weirdos. I mean, that's why she has that closed sign. So if someone comes up like Gribble, she can be like, sorry, we're closed. I like Rabbit's line of closed for renovations. Yeah, closed for renovation. <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah. He might be the dumb guy, but he's got some good jokes every once in a while. Yeah, that was my fave. Yeah, he's got a couple up his sleeve. Tiger's really going at this cotton candy. Yeah, he's into that fairy floss, as we call it here in Australia, Josh. <laughs> you call it fairy floss? Yep. Fairy floss, baby. It's made of fairies. <sighs> you guys love fairies. Yeah, we love fairies, mate. Fairy bread, fairy floss, fairy underpants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then Fiona does some shaming of sex workers. <laughs> oh, no. It's not very good feminism, Fiona. It's not right buying kisses. I'd hate to be made to kiss someone I didn't really like. And then Pete's looking all guilty. Yeah. He's like, man, what am I doing? Time to rethink my life. <laughs> Guys, this ride was originally steam operated. Yeah. How cool is that? Crazy. Originally steam operated. I mean, it's not now, but like 
Originally, it was. <laughs> so Pete's about to tell Fiona about the lipstick. He wants to come clean. Yeah, he's like, look, mate, I got to tell you something. Listen, love. Then Gribbs tries to wrestle it out of his hands. He's like, it's my turn. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not going to let you near Fiona. He protects her. And then we get some hectic chase music. Through the bumper cars. Another classic Gribbs chasing Pete scene. Yeah, this has that same scary guitar noise from Skelly on the Dun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I am immediately recognized it because of how traumatized I was by that music <laughs> in the first episode. Good catch. Handed over, turkey. <laughs> a little confused about Pete getting the lipstick on his lips. Were they trying to do that? Is it just as they're struggling, it happened to kind of smear on his lips? I think he is pulling it towards him to try to keep them from getting it. And it just ends up with him pulling it back onto his lips in the process. At any rate, we get some more good stunt work with them climbing across the pig pit. Yeah, that was good quick thinking from Pete. Yeah, and then Gribble falls right in. And some guy's like, oh, you it's like the train scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. So I'm like, does this explain why Pete is afraid of pigs? <laughs> yeah, that's, why, that's why Pete is famously scared of pigs. <laughs> <laughs> So Pete gets kissed by the pigs, and this is where the book ends, oh. the main character getting kissed by pigs. Oh. Jeez, I'd love a kiss from a piggy. Yeah, this is the final comeuppance of the jerk main character. And I will say the description of the pig kissing him in the story is pretty grotesque. Yeah. <laughs> you don't quite get the sense of it in the show here. Wow. Yeah, they're just like sniffing at him in the show. Yeah, they're just sniffing at the camera. I was like, oh, I want to give them a cuddle. I like how this scene is done. Pete falls in, and he sees the pigs, and we get the clip of the fortune teller saying it works on any female. Any female. And then it's just kind of these like close-up shots of the pigs coming in. We don't actually see them make contact with Pete. Yeah. But we see close-ups of their snouts. And then the next thing we see is just Pete walking away from the carnival with mud all over his face. Just looking haggard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the visuals work perfectly fine, but just in the story it says it was eating rotten vegetables and <laughs> slops from a trough. Oh yeah, that's right. It was dribbling and slobbering as it ate. Its teeth were green. Ugh. It turned around and looked at Marcus. Give me a kiss. So like, just a little more disgusting in the story. Does it describe the kiss? Uh, it just says like the pig was coming in for its kiss and then that's like the end of the story. So then again, Pete is walking away from the carnival and somehow the Gribbs crew is just waiting on the road for him. Yeah, they're laying in <laughs> wait for him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look, they, they can teleport. They can teleport. These kids are just so obsessed with Pete. They are just three steps ahead of him at every turn. Yeah. Yeah, it's outrageous. And any chance to touch him, feel him up. <laughs> they're watching him even when we don't know that they're watching him. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume that they are watching Pete in every scene. Well, I assume that they're watching Pete 24-7. Yeah. Who isn't? <laughs> oh, Maz. I like when Tiger's like, we'll turn you into a turkey. Lol. Which, how are you going to do that, man? Yeah. And Gribble <laughs> shows himself. He's like, gorgeous Gribbles coming for a kiss. Gorgeous Gribble. <laughs> Pete just gives up the lipstick. He's like, I can't be fucked with this anymore. It only causes trouble. And I feel terrible. <laughs> Girls, your luck has changed. <laughs> 
So then we get this nice shot. At the beach. Pete on the beach sitting on a rock with the cliffs in the background. Yeah. There's some nice music. So beautiful. Yeah. You can see the lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. There on the cliff. Cool. And Pete's just having to think about life. Yeah. He's rethinking his priorities. Fiona comes up. She's like, I've been looking for you. Yeah, there's a sweet moment between Pete and Fiona. Now that you've pointed out the lighthouse, we can also see those, like, kind of rocks. Yeah, that big one. Off the coast of it. I remember that from when we visited. That was in Wonderpants as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Makes me wish this series was high def yeah because that scenery is so beautiful irl it is very beautiful let's go back let's go there right now right now okay and we're back okay we went back and now we're back to recording the podcast what a journey it's really windy peanuts on that flight though right (laughs) (laughs) how'd you manage to get an international flight to australia with all this corona going on yeah we don't have time to get into it guys (laughs) (laughs) that's another story that'll be a bonus episode But now this is a very cute scene with Fiona telling Pete that he doesn't need this crazy magic lipstick. And besides, a stolen kiss isn't a real kiss. Yeah. And then she goddamn kisses him. And this is hot as fuck. (laughs) Goddamn it, Josh. (laughs) It's a sweet moment. But it's interrupted by the watch beeping. Beep, beep. And he smiles because I guess he knows what's about to happen. Yeah, he knows who's got the lipstick. She'll get it wherever it is. Mm -hmm. He's just happy because he knows he's going to stiff Bronson his two bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and he's not giving him back the watch. That's right. He's happy because he's going to stiff Fiona. Whoa. Oh, my. (laughs) Josh. Come on, mate. That is hot as fuck. (laughs) Get him out of here. Goodness gracious. So we do cut to Gribs on the side of the road with Rabbit and Tiger. Hiding in the bushes where that's their natural habitat. Yeah, hiding in the bushes. (laughs) And we see the fortune teller is walking by in her young state. As her young self. Yeah. And then Gribs puts the lipstick on, walks up, all happy behind her. Hey, gorgeous. This is your lucky day. And then she's like, ha, 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 give me a kiss. Truly terrifying. It is pretty terrifying. <laughs> that must have been so fun for her. <laughs> and then they fake us out with thinking that it's going to end on a freeze frame on their screaming faces. Yeah. And then we get a nice bit of Pete and Fiona. Pete's like, I'm lucky lips. And they run into the water. I wasn't sure if they were like actually going to like jump fully into the water or not. <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of thought they were about to do that. Nice day for a swim. <laughs> Let's jump in the water. But they just kind of like run along the edge of it yeah. and kick the water. And then we go back to the Gribs crew getting straight up chased. <laughs> and she's like, mwah, mwah, mwah. yeah, she's like. Just like Pete. And then we do get the freeze frame. Have you ever? Yeah, that is very strange that they shake you out into thinking they'll end on that freeze frame. Right. Kind of pointlessly cut back to Pete and Fiona running and then pointlessly again cutting back to the boys <laughs> being terrified. And then they do end. It's like they were going to end it and then thought, oh, we got 20 more seconds to kill. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah the audience wants more Pete and Fiona. we got to get this to 22 minutes and 24 seconds. That's right. So speaking of the credits, one of the things that they thank in the credits is me Barable Shire Council. Oh. So I'm guessing that Parapu Shire is like the fictional version of Barable Shire. Because mm-hmm. I looked it up if there actually is a Parapu Shire just in case I made fun of it and then looked kind of racist. <laughs> but apparently it doesn't seem to exist. So in these credits for the little credit scenes, first thing we get that's notable is we get some more snapper dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Snapper. That was my credit scene highlight. Same. The snapper dance. Get on and do the snapper dance. <laughs> we get some more 
good shots of Pete getting forcibly kissed or yeah. different angles of him getting kissed. And then there's a great shot of him leaning back from the classroom scene, looking kind of dazed yeah. after getting kissed by everyone. Oh, yeah. But then everyone starts like smiling and laughing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was like supposed to be the final shot of the scene. So they called cut yeah. and everyone starts to smile. I like. And then there appears to be another take of Tiger scaring the kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, oh, Tiger. Good times. And there's also a little bit more of Pete and Linda playing in the water. Pete and Fiona. Pete and Fiona, <laughs> excuse me. Pete and Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might have said Pete and Linda earlier, too. If I did, don't write angry letters, please. <laughs> Listen, that point where Linda kissed Pete in the classroom, that was hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, Josh. <laughs> uh, can you imagine being... Tamsin West watching Sam Vandenberg and Daisy Cameron running in the water and just being really jealous. <laughs> just crying. Crying. <laughs> it should be me. At least she got to kiss him. She got her kiss. All right, let's review this baby. 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 Who wants to go first? Oh, what the fuck? I'll go first. Yeah, come on, Jeff. I liked this episode. It did not wow me like Wonder Pants or Cabbage Patch Fib. Even though in hindsight, it is a pretty outrageous episode. There's some outrageous things that happen. Uh, for some reason, I just kind of went with it as I watched it. I guess I didn't really think about the implications of some of the things that happened. So it, it didn't shock me like some of the other episodes. It was very funny. A lot of the gags worked. It was a very sweet episode. I really do appreciate the elements that were added into the original short story to make it a round the twist episode. Really thought it was cute, Pete and Fiona's relationship and how that develops. So yeah, I would say just a very solid, funny episode. And I'm going to give it nine splintered males out of 13. <laughs> Splinter males. Well, that review was hot as fuck, Jeff. Yeah. How many hot as fucks did you give my review? <laughs> I would give your review three out of five hot as fucks. Oh, holy shit. Wow. Thank you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Now I'm going to review it. <gasps> This episode is actually kind of like, I feel like I remember it as being a one that made me feel funny feelings. In your pants. Because of all the hot as fuck stuff. <laughs> but like a lot of the episodes that we've been watching, I've been like, haven't really thought much of them and then rewatched them and been like, wow, this is great. Whereas this one was really good, but it didn't, I wasn't shocked at how much I enjoyed it, like with Wonder Pants or Spaghetti Pig Out, but it was very enjoyable. I mean, how could you not enjoy an episode that has that much snapper dancing? <laughs> that was definitely a highlight for me, the snapper dance. And and also, <laughs> there's actually that whole disco scene with Tiger and Mr. Snapper. Mr. Snapper. <laughs> I feel like when I read this story, like I went and read the book before I rewatched it. And at first I was like, you know, it's a bit creepy. I'm I'm, I'm concerned about where this story's going, especially in the part where it describes the main character trying to find his next victim. And I was like, well, mate. But then it sort of becomes apparent that the whole point of the story is that the guy's a jerk and he learns a hard lesson about coercion and whatnot. So, yeah, I think I agree with Jeff that it's like a clever way to have the main character be Pete and not this like jerk guy and have him also learn a lesson but in kind of like a nice way because yeah. he, do he doesn't learn his lesson by like getting you know his ultimate comeuppance it's like he has this sweet moment with Fiona and he's not trying to get all of these different girls to kiss him he just wants Fiona to kiss him and he already kind of has an idea that Fiona likes him yeah, so yeah. it's like not as creepy as it could be mm. whereas Gribbs being predatory for a whole episode with a bunch of different girls definitely would have been a lot. Yeah, it would have been interesting to have a Gribbs episode, but also probably a bit creepy. Yeah. And like in the book, the 
guy is like, he wants to kiss the cool girl, like out of spite because no girls want to go out with him. And he's like, I'll show them. But here it's like, you know, Pete's just, he just wants a kiss from this gal that he's in love with. There's another funny little bit from the book that I just remembered when he takes out the first girl that he uses the lipstick on. He invites her to the disco and tells her to meet him inside the disco. That way he doesn't have to pay for her to get in. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very funny. What a break. Quite a joke. So, any, well, this 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 review is just spiraling, but I feel I'm going to give this eight out of 13 maggot mouths. Whoa. Nice. All right. I am going to have my say. <gasps> oh, yeah. I really liked this episode. I'm not sure that I really remembered it that well. I knew it existed, but watching it again, I was like, this doesn't really bring me any memories of my childhood exactly, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy that whole carnival aspect of things. And yeah, I really would like to have seen more of the Madame Fortune, but can't have everything. <laughs> She's good. Yeah, she should have gotten a spin-off. Yeah. I do like how Pete sort of learns that he didn't need to force Fiona to kiss him or anything. And it was kind of sad that he wasn't, like, that confident to begin with. He was confident enough to ask her to the disco and to dance with her. Like, that's more than I ever did. <laughs> so I don't know why the kiss would have been a problem, but whatever. Uh, and Gribble's just a dickhead. <laughs> I think I will give this nine snapper dances out of 13. Nice. 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 Toy. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I liked this episode, even though with certain bits, I think it would have made me more uncomfortable as a kid. Going into it, I knew kind of what to expect out of an episode like this. And I think I intentionally went in thinking about how I would have viewed it as a kid. So that kind of affected the way that I viewed it. What a prick. But... <laughs> As an adult, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't think it was one of my favorites. And it does have the stuff that's weird in it. I do still think is weird, but it also could have been more weird, like Jeremy hinted at with, like it could have been more predatory in the sense of the person using the lipstick, like going out of their way to try to make a bunch of different girls kiss them against their will. Like it could have had a lot more of a creepy vibe like that, mm -hmm. which it didn't. So that's good. <laughs> and it had a lot of good music. I thought there was like some great music an atmosphere in this one. I thought it just had a good vibe overall. So I did like it. It was funny. And I thought the stuff between Pete and Fiona was sweet. Again, though, I don't think it's one of my favorites. So I think I'm only going to give it 7.5 beef casseroles out of 13. <laughs> uh, mm. Very nice. Yum, yum. Hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun that we're at the point where we kind of know all the background characters and they can do things like have a disco. And it's just entertaining to watch all the different characters that we you know, doing their thing. Yeah. So we see, well, of course, Tiger's the DJ because who else would be a DJ? Yeah. And of course, Mr. Snapper is dancing like a fool because that's Snapper. You know, that's what he would do. Mr. Snapper. It's almost a Simpsons-like world that they've created where there's just all these different characters that fill these different roles. Mm. And when you have a big group setting, you just know there's going to be all these good gags. Yeah. Yep. That's another great thing about that episode, actually, is Tiger commentating on everything. <laughs> the whole world is a sports thing to him. Yeah. Anybody got any cool shit that they've been watching or listening to lately? Nope. I finished Community. Aww. Now I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I finished Community and Rick and Morty. I have not finished Community yet. 
but I am going to formally recommend this time. I mentioned it last episode, but it did get cut out. I just finished it earlier today. The Last of Us 2, I thought was an absolutely incredible game. It's getting a lot of hate. I get why some people don't like it. It's not for everyone. It's a pretty depressing story to get through but in the best possible way. It's like a good, really tense horror movie or a thriller, but translated to a game experience. I found it really impactful mm. and the gameplay was also really fun. So yeah, if that sounds good, <laughs> then I recommend it. Have you ever, ever felt like this? So next week, what do we got? We've got Noel. Noel, yeah. Noel. I know nothing about this episode. I don't know the premise. I don't know nothing about Noel. That's right. So for Australia, this would have been the closest episode to Halloween when it originally aired. Whoa. Whoa. It's actually a pretty spooky episode, so maybe that was on purpose. Oh, cool. Seems like it has the potential to be considering. I can see that it's about a scarecrow. And scarecrows are pretty creepy. Yeah, it's not really like Halloween themed, but it is a pretty spooky episode. I'm just imagining the scarecrow from The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina <laughs> of Time. So they're going to play a flute and the scarecrow is going to dance. And the scarecrow is just going to pop up. Yeah. Anywho, if you want to email us about like your experiences trying to get kisses in school. <laughs> How are Australian kisses different from American kisses? <laughs> <laughs> so email us at untwistedpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at untwistedpod. You could also, if you wanted, join our secret Untwisted Dropkicks group on Facebook where we all just like have fun and relax and chat. And I'm waiting for someone to make some really good Round the Twist memes on there, but it hasn't happened yet. Anyway. <laughs> Patience, Maz. All right. If you are so inclined, you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Try to get our name out there. Yeah, do us a favor, review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Even if you have no interest in watching our videos, it just helps us out. But, you know, we don't want to be too needy. We definitely appreciate that you're listening. Yeah. There's a lot of television show options and podcast options out there. And we are so moved that you are listening to us right now. Absolutely. Yes. But, like, if you could just fucking subscribe to our YouTube channel, <laughs> maybe drop us a review. Like, just stop being a selfish prick, please. <laughs> yeah, maybe think about something other than yourselves for once. <laughs> for once. Just for once. And your stupid goddamn lives. Please. We need a lipstick, a magic lipstick that makes people want to give us five star reviews. Oh, yes. There would be no downside to that. <laughs> Won't make any boys want to review my podcast, will it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you guys all next week. See you for Noel. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. This was Untwisted. Tonight. <laughs> That was beautiful, guys. <laughs> Cooey. Does Cooey mean goodbye? I can't remember. No, it's the other one. You're thinking of Huru. 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 So to save Maz and Josh from having to cut this later, let's just finish with the big musical number <laughs> and we'll stop recording and then we can continue the conversation. <laughs> so three, two, one, everyone go. And that's Untwisted Tonight. <laughs>